Hello, what's up? Welcome to the Cryptid Zone. Uh, my name is Jeremy Hughes. And I'm Lois Stone. This is indeed the Cryptid Zone. It really is. <laughs> Truly, it was all along a yes. Cryptid Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really hot here. It is. How is it over there? It is also hot. Not probably as hot numbers-wise as it is where you are. However, as I'm sure you remember, all of the structures here are made to retain heat. So mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. Also, it's never hot. So my body's like, fuck you. Yeah, I'm just used to the to the heat at this point. But so like it's it's like low 30s, which actually is pretty normal for this time of year around here. Like it's been this hot for most of the last month or two. Um, but because we're recording a podcast, I can't have my AC on because it's real loud. <laughs> uh, and so right now I'm pretty warm, but afterwards uh, I'm going to be uh, in a, in a, like a beautiful ice palace <laughs> is the plan. Nice. Well, today we're talking about, uh, how, how do you pronounce this guy? Cause I, uh, I don't know. I just say Ningen. Okay. Cause I've I been saying probably Ningen if you're pronouncing it with a different, with the other G pronunciation. And then right before we recorded, um, you said it the other way, and now I'm very concerned that I've been got it got it wrong. You know, I mean, it, it's it's a Japanese word, right? Yeah, I, I'm almost definitely still pronouncing it wrong, right? Because I'm not someone who is fluent in the Japanese language. That's true. As That's is true. probably going to be very obvious. I don't know. Did in Japanese, do you ever get the G pronounced as a as a J, like a? I have no. What, what do you call that? A soft G. I just realized though something sort of fun and fun and sexy is so this word is just it just translates to like human right yeah Mm -hmm. so would the internet tell us how to pronounce it almost definitely hold on i'm gonna check are we gonna do this are you gonna go to like how to pronounce google translate yeah yeah okay so this says ningen Mm -hmm. which is i think what you said it is what i said yes yes ningen i'm sure i have the, the emphasis wrong but okay but you were correct. Right. I've learned something already. This episode's going so well. It's an educational <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is like this is a this is a guy that there's like not a ton of stuff on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just like very basic facts. I think part of it is that he's a really recent friend. Yep. You know, he only like pops up in the nineteen nineties. So anyway, I've like prepared for this to be Tangent City because I you know, I was I've just been all over the place. Yep, I'm I'm with you. Usually like as we all know, my zone is like the monster quests, mm. the encyclopedias. Uh, none of them have any mm-hmm. shit on the Ningen. So we'll talk about the Ningen as much as we can. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Have some have some fun with it. But also, yeah, just like talk about, I don't know, a bunch of uh, miscellaneous bullshit was my thought. Yeah. Just to have fun with it. Yeah, definitely. You know? We could have a good time. So right before we were recording, I was telling you that I was spending, I spent most of the weekend reading midnight sun the like the twilight from edward's perspective Mm -hmm. and i was like um we cannot have this conversation (laughs) off mic (laughs) um yeah and i don't know why i did it uh just overtaken by madness but i like looked up online because because i don't i don't know if you knew this but this book was supposed to come out like 10 years ago right when the original trilogy was really big Mm-hmm. And then the first couple chapters got leaked on the internet, and then Stephanie Myers was like, fuck all of you, I'm not ever going to release this book, and just put the first couple chapters like on her website. Mm-hmm. And so I had read those 
back in back in the day. But then, like, a couple months ago, she was like, psych! Actually, you do get the whole book. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're in quarantine. What else do you have to do? Everyone's everyone's out here baking bread and releasing their 10-year-old novels that never got released. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyway, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, nor as I remembered it being. Um, so, uh, I guess... Does she, like, ha- have fun with it from, like, a Rashomon perspective of, like... Ooh, when you see this from the other side, everything is given a different context. Some of it, I have to say, a lot of the ch- things that happen sort of do make more sense when you like have an explanation for why Edward is doing them. Mm-hmm. Is that <laughs> is that how much of that is you finally being given the context for mm. something that didn't make sense before versus how much is her being like, oh, this didn't make sense. I guess I have to come up with a reason for this. Well, so, okay, so this is interesting because there was some of it where I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes more sense. Especially, like, things where she's added scenes where, like, Edward's gone to go talk to the other vampires and then has, like, come back and you're like, oh, okay, this other conversation does actually add more. But also, it mm-hmm. some of it really scanned, like, like f- fan fiction. But in the way, I don't know, have you ever read a fanfic that's, like, as it's been, p- like, published? So you've been, like, following the updates. And that sometimes stuff will happen where people will, like, comment on chapters while they come out to be like, what the fuck, why have you made this choice? Or, like, whatever. And so then the author will, in, like, a later chapter, like, really emphasize something to, like, really Mm -hmm. make you understand why they did something. Right. Because people have been commenting on it. And uh, some of it does really scan like that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that was, like, whatever. Also, um... I think Stephanie Myers is only capable of writing one kind of teenager, which means that so in like the the original Twilight, Bella doesn't actually talk that much. Like you like you have her internal monologue, but she doesn't actually say a lot of words. Right. And so all of the teenagers, uh, the other teenagers, like sound really vapid. Mm-hmm. But then from Edward's perspective, you get a lot more of Bella's dialogue, and it is the same stuff. Right. And you're like, oh, this is very vapid. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like you're like really like oh she's 17 like yeah and not like old for her age 17 she's just 17 she's just 17 um, yeah yeah so then it does it, that whole like 100 year age difference does seem particularly cringe mm-hmm. yeah uh if anyone's like really deep into twilight lore who's listening to it the the only real fun fact is uh that i gained is is that edward can only kind of read bella's dad's mind hmm you know because like one of the big things is that he can't read hers right and so her dad she he also can only like get like like he can't read exact sentences he can only like read moods interesting so that's the only bit of added lore and then also there's an added side plot (laughs) where um because edward is like using the other high schoolers like brains to sort of like spy on Bella he gets like real opinions about their internal monologues right you know and like what kind of people they are and so then there's this one girl called Angela who Edward really likes because she's just really nice <laughs> and so he's like he's like I'm going to do something nice for her cuz it's like she's the nicest person to have to listen to her thoughts and then realizes that she has like a crush on this boy and then like sort of orchestrates it that so that the boy will ask her out and it's like has nothing to do with the main plot but was kind of charming oh that's nice yeah but anyway it was way too long it's longer than the original 
it's just Edward being angsty. I don't really recommend anyone else reading it, but it was like a way to spend the weekend, I guess. Sure. Yeah. As someone who's never read a Twilight, uh, it sounds like a roller coaster. They're, they're not great. Yeah. They're not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I read it now, so I feel like the like completionist in me is like sated, you know? Yeah, it's it's ticked off the list. Like, do you do you feel like it, this was a necessary addition to like the canon? No. <laughs> well, because also I think that it really assumes that you're deep into the lore, right? Because there are like mentions of stuff that you would only know if you're like very invested in the lore. Is it? Is this just like here is more of this if you want it? Like, uh, there's no. Like, it's covering the same events, right? It's not, like, the next yeah. chapter and the... It's, like, here no, is just, like... No, it's the like same events. Some extra context, yeah. and that's it. Yes. And also, there's, like, little bits where you... Edward reflects on, like, his backstory, so you do get, like, a couple new things. Fair enough. Um, Was she, like, planning to do or do the whole series again from Edward's perspective? Like, why did she decide to do this? I don't know, because didn't she also do a gender-bent version? I don't know. Did she? I th- I think she did. Okay. I think she just really is invested in this story. Right. You and know, is, and is just writing fanfic of her own work. I mean, honestly, that's the best way to be. Like, <laughs> we can all aspire to that level of, like, self-confidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Like, what what is any any novel really but creating ocs and then writing fanfic about your own ocs you know right but then to to write those books and then write fanfic of your own books is like and then get it published i mean like that's the hustle right this that's this is like an inspiration to all of us this is like what it looks like to love yourself also the fact that like those movies made so much money i looked it up by the way they made um the five films made like three billion dollars internationally. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she doesn't like she's not putting this out even for she doesn't need the extra profit of writing a new Twilight book. Right. It's just because she can. Yeah, and that's that's um, why she can afford to just like remix and fanfic her own works. It's like I don't care if this makes no money. And also, but also like publishers will still do it because they're like, oh shit, these books and these movies made so much, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it it was sort of like, you know what, if this is what's published, then we're all, we can do, th- we can all create things, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I do know what you like, mean, yeah. Where's the mental bar in your head? Lower it. Stephanie, if you're out there, we hope you're doing okay. We love you. <laughs> I mean, I do. <laughs> uh do you, do you want to know sort of my, my creep? Before we move on from Twilight, I just have like a creepy fun fact. Oh, please. I think it's creepy. Okay. So Stephanie Myers has like five siblings or something, and she named a character after each of her siblings. Uh-oh. Right? So there's like, there's like side characters or whatever that have the names of her siblings. But then one of her siblings, the character that's named after them, is like, a really minor character who appears for one line in the fourth book. Mm. Um, so I, if I, first of all, very clear ranking about who's the least favorite sibling, mm-hmm. because when you write the first book, you don't even know that you're going to get to book like, the, to the last right. one. 
so that's hilarious. Uh, very clearly put in there like, oh shit, I named a character after all my other siblings. But then, but then, right, if you recall, even if you've not read Twilight or anything, the the love triangle is Bella, Edward, and Jacob, right? She has a brother named Jacob. So she's named one of the love interests in her teenage romance novel after her brother. Mm. Now put your yourself in the headspace of 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 Jacob Myers. I, I'm there or, and I you know I'm there and I don't love it. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> <sighs> oh, it's awful. That's not this uh, yeah, this Anyway. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Um but anyway, I did do a bunch of uh ninja research too. So, Ningen. Ningen. I'm going to get it right. Thank you, everybody who's listened so far to this conversation that we've had. Um, no, no now one, we're actually going to talk about the No cryptid. one listens to this podcast with a cryptid, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, all right. What have you got? Uh, let's talk about the Ningen. Yeah. Um, so as you so you said already, Ningen is uh, Japanese. So this yeah. is kind of like pretty squarely a Japanese mm-hmm. cryptid, I think, that kind of emerged on the internet. I think, mm-hmm. like, it, like you said, it's recent enough that it just evolved on the internet. Um, there's no like folklore going back hundreds of years on this one, and also um, the, there's none of that like, like uh, strong arming and other folklore, you know? Right, right, right. So this is nice. This is like a good uh, modern cryptid. Mm-hmm. No, like native or indigenous or marginalized peoples mm-hmm. are getting their folklore shit on, which means we can just like go hog, <laughs> uh, which is always fun. And do what we want. Uh-huh. Um, so the Ningen, uh, even though it means human, Ningen, not really human. No. I guess i call them, like, aquatic creatures. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 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 I would. They're, they're always seen like in the they, ocean, they so... See, they're like sea creatures. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. They're like sea people. Mm-hmm. The story goes, they were like have been spotted by government-sponsored whale research ships yes. in Japan, up in the Antarctic Ocean. Yeah. Um, the thing I read that said this, but whale research in inverted commas, like in quotation marks, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what? What? What does that mean? <laughs> like whale research? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff about that. That the whale researching, quote unquote, is like a a cover by the Japanese government. And that they're actually out there doing other stuff. And so part of so there's this like whole conspiracy about the Japanese government covering up the stories of the Ningen because they don't want anybody to like look too hard about what these whale research ships are doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And those stories that like there were because obviously like all cryptids, there are like no really good close up photos of them. Um, but I read something that said that the these whale researchers actually did get a bunch of good pictures, but then the government destroyed them or, like, suppressed them because mm-hmm. they didn't want facts going out um, and, like, evidence. Um, but basically the Ningen are, like, um, I don't know. I guess I'd describe them as, like, human whales or something. Like, yeah. white-skinned people who, like, float around in the sea, mm-hmm. swim around, it's been said that like they can resemble blocks of ice up in the Antarctic when you like see them from far away or yeah. see them in the dark, which is usually apparently when they come out. 
And, and like, to first order, they're just people. Like, the details vary, whether they are just, like, humanoid with arms and legs, or if they have, like, fins or tentacles. Uh, it's kind of like a creepy, creepy vibe. Yeah. But, um... And sometimes it's like, oh, they've got legs for walking around on the ice, and sometimes it's like, they got mermaid tails. Yeah. Sometimes... Also... There are sometimes it's like oh they've got a face like a like a manta ray mm-hmm. you know yeah like a smush just like flat on the bottom yeah with eyes and a mouth yep hmm uh, so yeah that's like the Ningen's deal um, as far as I can tell so I I do have a question so yeah please so they're only seen in the Antarctic Ocean right mm-hmm and so but in not not the Arctic. So okay, so you know how the poles of our Earth are named after bears. The are they? In what sense? Yeah, yeah. So Arctic is like this is this is legit. Arctic is means like of of bears. Arctis is um, I think the Greek for bear. Oh my god! I never. And then Antarctic is not bears. And I look this up. And apparently it, it's because of – well, one of the theories is that it's because of um, when you're talking about, like, navigation, that the Arctic is, like, towards, like, where the like, – The bears um, are. Well, no, uh, that's, like, the celestial bodies that we've named after bears that we use to navigate, that oh. they point towards north. Oh, um, that's incidentally, so cool. I had no idea. Incidentally, the Arctic Circle is also the one where the bears are. And the Antarctic mm. one is the one where there are not bears. So whether it's just that we've named it after the celestial body or if we were like, this is the bear circle where the bears live and this is the not bear circle where the not bears live, it works both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, any, anywho, um, can we na- rename the Antarctic for the Ninchin since they're only on one of the ones? So the bears get one. And then spooky water cryptid gets the other. Okay, so we're going from... Uh, I mean, yes, I'm on board with this. Yeah. So if we're taking the word for bear... Mm-hmm. Right, we've got Arctus, which is right from the Latin, right? Yeah. So the question is... Is it the Latin? Or, is it, or, or I, from Greek? So there's one of the bear. I think it's... I think it's both. One of the bear. There's this one kind of bear is... Ursus Ursus Arctus, which means bear, 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 and what? But it's bear in Latin and in Greek. But I can never remember which way around it is. Okay, uh, it, it doesn't matter. I guess the, the 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 point I'm trying to make is we need to decide which word we want to convert into Greek, uh, and then figure out how to yes name the Arc- the Antarctic. So instead of being the not bear place, mm-hmm. it's the Ningen place. Okay, do we want to like use? Ningen, or since it means human. Okay, so so Arctic is from the Greek. I mean, so do we want to use like the Greek word for human? So that's that's what I was that's what I was kind of going for. I was just catching up. My brain takes a minute. That's fine. I mean, it's a Sunday. <laughs> so what is the Greek for human? I think it's just like anthropos, right? Uh, probably. Like an- anthropology comes from. Oh yeah, that would make sense. That, right. You know, I spent a lot of time in the classics department, and you know what I learned about Greek? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I found an online English to ancient Greek translator. Nice. 
Hell yeah. Or I feel like we got to workshop this a I've bit got... until we until we hit something that, that really sings. I feel like yeah. Is this gonna say this out loud? Anthropic is like fine. Yeah. I don't I, like like that's not. That's no, not it's it not me. spicy enough. It's not spicy. There's no. Yeah. Um. What about do, do the Greeks have a word for mermaid? Oh, that would be hell yeah. Gorgona is their word for Gorgona. The Gorgonic Circle. Gor- <gasps> the Gorgonic Circle sounds dope as shit. It sounds cool as hell. <laughs> can we? Can I? I'm fully behind the Gorgonic Circle. Ooh, but then also Siren or Mermaid is Sirena, so like the Sirenic Circle. I do like. I think Gorgon- Gorgonic is yeah better for me. Yeah, I think it sounds. Uh, yeah, it just sounds like spicier, you know? Like the Gorgonic Circle. Who is she, you know? Mm-hmm. That's it. No no more, like, friendship, relationship ended with Antarctic Ocean. Now Gorgonic <laughs> Circle is my best friend. Yes. Um, so everybody listening, whatever maps you see, just change it, you know? Just cross it out. Scribble it out. If, if you're in the- charge of maps at, at Google, just change it. Yeah. Depressing that Google is the person who, like, writes our maps now. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was going to say, aren't the people who are in charge of the seas in London? So, you know, uh, I'm sure we could write to them. Maybe. I, I mean, what's the Royal Observ- Naval Observatory up to right now? Nothing. They're in lockdown, too. They need something to do. Yeah. It's true. You know? It's true. Mm-hmm. So, Goronic Circle. Tell your friends. Yep. There it is. It's done. Man, I thought that mm-hmm. would take more workshopping, but we just we just knocked it out of the park kinda, <laughs> immediately. We're so good at this. We're really good at this. We really are. <laughs> We're professionals. Um, yes. Okay, so other things about uh, about this dude, this guy, this friend. Lots of different reports about length, mm-hmm. up to 90 feet long, I found. Yeah, no one can agree on I also saw this description... Where it said that he first appeared under a calm in moonlit sky, which suggests to me a romantic. Yeah, I think I get that vibe too. Yeah, gliding through the water. Yeah, like kind of like ethereal presence. Appearing at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Yeah, just appearing to mysterious whale researchers. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and. Uh, so, and then the 90 feet as well, that's 10 feet shorter than a blue whale, which is very big. Pretty big. I think if I was a creature that was almost as big as a blue whale, I would do flips like whales do, you know? So I think the Ningen should do a flip. I mean, if you're in the sea, I feel like also flips are a lot easier to pull off. Yeah, but you know how, like, whales do where they, like, breach? Oh, you mean when they jump up out of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. see, I see, I see. Like yeah, jumping up. But they like do like a they do like a twist and then like fall backwards, real dramatic. Right. Yeah. I, I think, think that the ninja should do that. I agree. I think you're right. <laughs> Let's see. What are some stuff that I found? Okay, so just lots of different theories about what it. Okay, well, let's say first of all, so the reports of this guy appeared in the '90s, right, on like forums. Yeah. They were like, hey. We're fishermen, and we saw this thing. So specifically... And who wasn't on a good form in the 90s? Well, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, specifically the form this evolved on was two-channel, mm-hmm. which is 
basically the Japanese equivalent to 4chan, right? So like 2chan, 2channel. Oh, I see. Um, so this is basically Japanese 4chan is where this developed. And like, I don't know a ton about... I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know Suspect. a ton about... Two channel. My impression is, like in general, its vibe is very similar to Four Chan, like in terms of it having mm. a lot of like right wing shit going on. Um, like I think in general, the vibe is pretty similar. Oh, gross. Anyway, yeah. So this is um, basically like a yeah. like a Four Chan originated thing, essentially. Yeah, but then you know it was it was a uh, in like a magazine in like two thousand and seven, I think. Yes. Um, uh, MU magazine, which is a but, Japanese paranormal yeah. magazine. But, like, I was reading all these articles online, and they kept talking about, like, this video of one underwater, and literally every single link was dead. So, So, you know, I mean, it has to be a cover-up, right? I Obviously. But then also, one of the main proofs is that, like, you can see it on the screenshot from Google Earth, and I gotta be honest, it, it I looked at it, and it did not do a lot for me Ooh, i have not seen this i'm gonna look this up i want to see what this looks like it um i can send it to you right now oh neat thank you I've, i got you buddy hello oh okay so it's not that image that comes up it's just in this article i have seen this article it's like towards the towards the bottom i have this article open in fact i think i just didn't scroll down far enough to see this yeah so this this screenshot mm, yeah i don't buy that yeah, this screenshot also is from 2008, but it's, like, a satellite picture from 2002. But it, like, it's just sort of, like, the ocean, and then it's this, like, white blob that, like, sort of looks like somebody doing the front crawl, but, like, who has, like, a mermaid tail. So you can, like, sort of see a shape that's, like, the, quote, head, and then, like, an extended arm, and then, like, a shorter arm. Um, but I don't buy it. I just think that that is a wave. yeah. It's also just like a white blob, yeah. right? Like they have the photo on. It's the classic thing of the the screen cap, and then the upper left corner is like a little cutout box where they've zoomed in on the little white bit, mm -hmm. and it is just a blob. Yeah, like you can't be like, ah, yes, that's it, that's the Ningen. But also the fact that it's like Google Earth, you know what I mean? It's not even like, hey, here's a blob like in a photo that I took. It's like, right here is. Like a, an image composed of how many satellite images, right? Like put together from space. It's just uh, no. Mm -mm. I'm I'm convinced if you scanned across the entire ocean on Google Earth, you can find basically anything. <laughs> like there's a lot of ocean there. I mean, yeah. I mean that that game also people have sort of done that with the with the images of like Mars, right? Where people have like looked at all of the images of the rocks at Mars and been like, oh, that one looks like a vampire or that one looks like, or whatever. Mm -hmm. That one looks like a dog. Yep. You, you can just find find stuff. If you, Human minds want to see pretty pictures and we'll just make them. It's true. Can confirm. We want to see things we recognize. Yeah. You know, in human figures, we love we love to see another human figure because we like to have friends. Yeah, we evolved. We evolved, well... We evolved to do it so that we don't get murdered. <laughs> but also we like to have friends. Yeah, so we can recognize friends. Yep. Um, anyway, you want to hear some um, some possible theories for what the Ningen could be? I would love to hear some possible we, theories for what the Ningen could be. We love a list of theories here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so whale, shark, or squid is one. That's plausible. Mm -hmm. uh, new species of giant manta ray. Um, also plausible. Well, well yeah. we don't know how big it is, though. Like, 
Couldn't say. Yeah. Anyway. But like an it, it's it's like the 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 cold variant of the manta ray. You know cuz like manta rays I don't know how big they can get, but also I feel like they're like more of a tropical water thing. So yeah. this is like I think the idea is like if you evolved it with whatever like crystal gave you like the water, the ice powers. Mhm. You know. Is that is that a a legible Pokemon reference? Yeah, I think so. You you nice. you're in the you're in the ballpark for sure. <laughs> cool. Um okay, aquatic sloth. Hmm. Yeah, which I don't know how much I love it as a as like a theory for the Ningen, but I love the idea of an aquatic sloth. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I agree. Like it, it's so specific. Like it's I don't get why sloths specifically here. Well, so apparently it's related to like a particular ancient animal. So the one that they name is Thalassocnus. Apologies for the pronunciation. There's a lot of S's in this word, uh, which is a semi-aquatic ground sloth uh, from the Miocene and Pliocene ah, eras. Okay, right. So this is so this is one of those like theories about like oh this is a sort of hanger on of evolution or just like an unexpected thing. Uh, so anyway, so that's one theory. Right. So this is the it's always dinosaurs camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're gonna get to some more of those as well. Hell yeah. Uh, there's another theory. Just icebergs. Just misidentified icebergs. Yeah, another another plausible one. I feel like that's very much supported by the fact that people are like, ah, sometimes from far away they look like icebergs, but actually mm-hmm. they're sea people. Yeah. Uh, undiscovered subspecies of beluga whale. Mm-hmm. Evolutionary relative to humans. Right, so like uh, like ice Atlantis people. Yeah. Species of aquatic or semi-aquatic predator that was evolved from seals or killer whales that evolved into a more humanoid shape because of convergent evolution sure sounds fine i i I like that i feel like we haven't gotten that that like theory yet that like oh it just looks humanoid because of convergent evolution sometimes things just do that you know right what if it looks like a person not because it's like a an offshoot of homo sapiens but because the seal just evolved into a person yeah yeah i like that (laughs) it opens up so much possibility space for like you know, seal people, like, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> hedgehog people. Yeah. Like, the possibilities are endless, you know? Just those two, but others as well, probably. <laughs> no, those are actually the only possibilities. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then we've also got, we've got another couple alien. aliens, sorry, not aliens, another couple dinosaurs. I do want to talk about aliens later, but... Uh, Another couple dinosaurs so we've got uh, related to, I'm sorry again for the pronunciations, uh, Cryolophosaurus, which I am unsold on because it's like, like picture like the dinosaurs that you thought were coolest when you were like a kid. Do you say Cryolosaurus? Is this like a crayon no. dinosaur? I mean, it's got some crazy ass colors, so maybe, um, but apparently it was in Antarctica so maybe that's why people think it's... But I, like, just the shape of this thing compared to the shape of the Ningen, I'm not sold. Absolutely not. It looks... It's like the vague shape of, like, a T-Rex. Just to use, like, a really obvious example that most people listening are probably going to have, like, a, you know, a, a mental image of. The other right. the other dinosaur theory is um, Kulisuchus. 
Coolest what? Um, coolest Sucus. <laughs> coolest Sucus. So it's K-O-O-L-A-S-U-C-H-U-S. So these guys, they've been found, like the fossils have been found in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, like early crustaceous, and the shape is sort of like, um, like a giant weird salamander. So you got like a big old flat head, and they're sort of like lizardy shaped. I'm loving that. So energy. like just shape wise, I can see it more, you know, and also mm-hmm. like the the face, the idea of like the two black eyes and like the the straight mouth Mm -hmm. i can see it more but just generally as a theory i'm not sold yeah i'm never sold on these like it's a dinosaur things to be honest yeah same another thing said it could be an undiscovered species of an ape who can swim underwater Mm -hmm. which i think is just an uh you know a remix of uh the like it's related to humans i feel like people have really exhausted all possibilities here like here are all the things that could possibly be person a different type of person something that wasn't a person (laughs) that evolved to be a person yeah dinosaurs yeah i feel like i i do feel like the lore either has not had enough time to develop or just is kind of fundamentally lacking creativity yeah yeah there's not enough deep lore here i think yeah yeah but you know, I I do like the that we have a bit of a conspiracy theory. You know that like the Japanese government is like covering up something going on. Um, yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, S- sorry. Speaking of which, did you read the New York Times article about the aliens mm-hmm. or the UFO research? What mm-hmm. <laughs> is this new? Yeah, it came out like a week ago. No, I've not seen this. We made it two weeks ago. Uh, I don't so think from I have. the 23rd of July. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, what? I don't know. Life, life has been a lot. <laughs> also, like, the New York Times does have that, like, only you get, you only get five articles thing. So I feel like sometimes stuff doesn't get shared around because people haven't clicked on the article. Because, you know, are you going to spend one of your five free articles a month on UFOs? I mean, I am. I am, absolutely. But... Wait, where, I need, I need to find this. I need to see this. This is important, Lois. Okay. Okay. Hold on. New York Times aliens. Oh, you sent it to me. Awesome. Okay. So essentially, what it is, right? Is so the New York Times did a report a couple years ago about um, the U.S. government researching UFOs, and they were like, "No, we we stopped doing." Yeah, that. I feel like I saw yeah, that. But then, because like, the FBI has been has been going public recently with or been more public with like releasing stuff okay uh, i have a th- i have a theory Ugh. about that but then i want to talk about this article first so hang on so essentially this what the what this article is saying is that the pentagon had said that um they'd gotten rid of their like group that was researching ufos mm-hmm um, but they haven't. They just renamed it and they tucked it away in a different department. So they put it inside the Office of Naval Intelligence and it's called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, um, which is 
standardized collection and reporting of sightings of unexplained aerial vehicles. Now, this article and then also one of the reporters for it did like a sort of follow-up commentary on it about – and the follow-up commentary is about like do they, quote, believe in UFOs? And one of the things that comes through is like in both the article and the comment is that when they're talking about UFOs, they're not necessarily talking about aliens, right? Because – Right, right, right. You know, Anything this, that's in the sky and is not identified of, as a UFO. You, yeah, but also in terms of, like, why is the Pentagon doing it? That it's like, oh, is – does another country – like, have they made a secret advance in flight technology right, right, right. that we don't know about? And, like, yeah, so it's sort of trying to, to do that. But also, you know, one of the things that it says is that there's, like – there's this really, like, weird thing where – some stuff has been declassified enough that people involved can talk about it, but the actual evidence has not been declassified. So people can say, and people have said, like, we've seen some stuff, and there, like, is a categorization that the Pentagon has for, like, uh, stuff that, like, like crafts that they don't think were manufactured on Earth, mm-hmm. but the actual evidence is not declassified, so they can't, like, show us, right, right, right. you know, yeah. the, the crafts or pictures of it. So we sort of have to, like, take the word of these people that this is, uh, that this is the case. Mm. Um, Harry Reid, uh, the former U.S. Senate Majority le- Leader, is apparently, like, a really big supporter of this program. Yeah. Um, and also Marco Rubio mm. is a big supporter. Mm. <laughs> I think it... For them, it's probably the, like, what if Russia's making something angle. And also the fact that the Pentagon's keeping it secret could be that they do not want other countries to know that we are, like, monitoring whether or not they are uh, building things. But um, the fact that there, like, is this classification for things where they're like, yeah, this definitely didn't come from Earth is just, like, a fun, spicy thing. Now, you were talking about how the FBI have come out with, like, stuff recently, and I I think – okay – this is what I think. I think that we're being prepped for Trump to accidentally let something slip. Hmm. Because apparently he has said to his son in June that he knew, quote, very interesting things about Roswell. And then someone like in an interview, he was asked the president if he would declassify the information on Roswell, and he was like, "Oh, I'll have to think about that one." And that could mean absolutely nothing—that he knows nothing. But also, it could mean that you know he was told something, and one of these days he's just gonna come out and say it because he's forgotten that he's not supposed to. Um, and so, yeah. So anyway, so I'm wondering that these like kind of articles that we're getting that are like. Oh, stuff's being declassified. It's like, are we just supposed to? Is stuff getting declassified so that if if you know Trump says something, then it's like, ah, well, that makes sense, seeing as all this stuff like has been declassified. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Uh, and also, is... it tells us that the government is like been taking care of this for a while. So then the spin would be, oh yes, there is proof. But also, look, we've been taking care of it for ages. No need to panic. Mm-hmm. Continue to buy things. <laughs> Uh, I feel like the aliens just need to come already and destroy us. 
<laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want the government to keep handling this. Just let us. Let them take us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what else can go wrong at this point? You know what I mean. That's a very. And also, how much worse could the aliens make it? Uh, no, that's my point. Yeah, <laughs> that's my point. Is I want them to come. Like even if they detonate this planet, I'm fine with that. Mm. Yeah. It's 2020. Please, this is this is the only <laughs> way the year can end at this point. Is with aliens. The aliens well, come. Okay. So then, then this this you know sort of is my own sort of personal theory that that um you know first of all what if the Ningen are aliens? Second of all, what if the aliens come and they're not even here for us? You know? They're here for the Ningen. No, no, they're here for, like, the humans. Like, why Why is that our assumption? Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, maybe they just want to so, see some because, cool birds. Honestly, I relate to that more. Yeah, and so, because when I was thinking about, like, the Ningen and the whale research and stuff, and then I was like, oh my gosh, what if the Ningen are aliens? Are they friends with the whales? And then I was like, oh my gosh, I should watch that Star Trek film where they have to go back in time and save the whales, mm-hmm. um, which is the only Star Trek film that I had ever seen any of, but had never watched all the way through. So I did that. Um, and Spock actually, like, says, like, how arrogant is it for humans to think that, like, any alien who visits the planet is there to talk to the humans? Yeah. Um, you know, because I don't, I don't know if you have seen Star Trek: The Voyage Home from 1986. I actually have um, not. My my Star Trek <laughs> movie knowledge is really lacking. I gotta say, I've not seen a lot of them. I was gonna say this is now the only one that I've seen. But the 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 whole premise is that something has happened in the previous film. The crew of the Enterprise they're about to be on put on trial. They're back to Earth, but then this giant probe arrives and starts like just shooting at the earth into the ocean and like letting out this really weird signal that's like disabling everything and nobody can figure out what it means and then they realize that it's a whale song and they're like oh like shit like whales were on planet earth for like thousands and thousands and thousands of years but then humans made them extinct and now these other aliens have like come to check up like where their friends the whales went and now there's no whales so they're just gonna fucking destroy everything yeah so then they have to go then the crew of the Enterprise on a like stolen Romulan ship have to go back in time to 1980s San Francisco to save the whales to save some whales. <laughs> That's cool as shit. I yeah. love that. So they save two whales and then take them back to the future so that the whales can talk to the aliens. Um, so like in that, the aliens show up and are like, "Where the f are the whales? We will kill all the rest of you." Where are our friends? You ever, you you know? ever think about how this is such a great <laughs> metaphor for how our society is collapsing that instead these days of getting Star Trek films about going back to the 80s to save some whales, we have like films about like explosions mm-hmm. or something. And like I want the I want the version of this where like it feels like back in the day the mm-hmm. this film sounds like one of the wilder episodes of the tv show where they're really like on some shit and they're like let's just do this as a movie whereas these days you don't get that you don't get the episode where one of the crew dresses up as sherlock holmes or something and they're like oh yes let's do a period story uh Mm -hmm. it's just really just a really good um kind of marker for 
our society crumbling is that we don't get that anymore. Well, I I was I was thinking about this as I was watching the film, and I did see somebody online who was who was like, you know, it's interesting that like the Star Trek stuff that we get now keeps we keep making Star Trek series that are happening closer and closer to the present. And I'm saying because I think that. There's like a, there's a collective inability to imagine a, a utopia. Right. So we are, and also we cannot um, now imagine human society far in the future. And so our our stories that take place in the future are actually happening closer and closer to the present. Yeah. Um, because we don't think there's going to be that future. So I think that like part of it is that, but also I think part of it is that we're now sort of like so caught up in like the idea of franchise and the stories like fitting together. Whereas like this story is just like, Hey, we have these characters. Let's make a movie with them. What would be a cool thing to do? Let's just send them to the 1980s. Cause watching like Spock have to hide his ears is funny. Um, Whereas now it's like, oh, how does this story connect to the rest of the stories? Yeah. Instead of just being like, hey, look at this sandbox we made. Let's play in it. That's part of it. And also there's just like a, I feel like these days a lot more of a homogenization across the board mm. where it's like you watch a Star Wars film versus like a Star Trek film versus like the sci-fi Marvel movies. And you're like, these are all basically the same thing at this point. Yeah. Like you could take any scene from one of these and put it in any of the others and it wouldn't feel out of place. Yeah. Um, like there's a much less of a sense of like here are the things that make this thing distinct. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the things that, that when you think about, like, classic Star Trek are, like, the, the core signifiers, I feel like are completely missing from the new films. I mean, in some places, I feel like... The, like I've been thinking about Star Wars a lot recently. I know you know this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've been thinking about this a lot specifically because, I don't know, this is a conversation for another time um, that we should have. But, uh, but like... I guess for for people, for listeners of the show, we've been talking a lot about Star Wars, like, privately, because you sent me the script for Episode Nine that never got made. Um, Yeah. Which has made me think a lot about what I like about Star Trek. Not Star Trek, goddammit. About Star Wars (laughs) and, and like, what it is and isn't for me. Mm -hmm. And that actually, this, this has already been on my mind a lot recently of, like the things I don't like about some of the new Star Wars films is, like, a lot of it, a lot of the time I do feel like, oh, this is a scene that if you put it in Guardians of the Galaxy, it would just fit. Mm. And that instantly makes it not a good Star Wars film, if that's true. Yeah, Um, yeah. And they're just all the same. Uh, And I'm mad about it. Like, give me the... Give me, give me a Star Trek film that has all the weird vibes of Star Trek specifically. Mm. Like, the kind of almost, like, uncomfortable, creepy stuff about star trek is part of what makes it distinct (laughs) yeah yeah i think so and also i don't know like one of the things that i really enjoy about watching older star trek and stuff is that there's like there's there's like quiet time in them you know right where it's like right right. yeah it's very slow (laughs) yeah and uh i just am like like i don't know but then also that feels very human you you really I don't know that there's something like ah these are just people doing their things and now it creates it creates like a basis for why you can then have these insano stories um, where you know they're time traveling and saving whales and stuff yeah yeah I miss that wild shit and I feel like I agreed like Star Trek I think has gone in the wrong direction mm. where 
like you said, it started out with, at the time, what they considered to be like their vision of utopia, which I still think is like these days is really easy to pull apart in terms of it. It's still like a really colonial vision of the future. Yeah, it's like very, I mean, and what I would, it's, it's all military based and everything. Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's still, even though it's like, you know, we're, we're not military, we're, uh, you know, just exploring and like bringing the Federation to people, and we have these guidelines, but it's still like a, a f- like this kind of fantasy of we go to this place and like solve their problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even when you're like, not to bring war though, to help, it's still like, like you really have to grapple with the idea of like, even to do this at all, to be like, we're going to go around and like visit places. Mm. That in itself has problems. I would love mm. to see a version of modern Star Trek that instead of doing the thing you described, which is like going backwards, moving away from utopia, going back in time to something that is closer to the world we live in now. And, you know, in, in the, the case of like Star Trek Discovery is like, oh no, actually, like what if the Federation and, and Picard, the new series does this as well of like, It's all very much like, oh, but actually, deep down, or in some, like, meta layer, the Federation is actually, like, bad military, blah, blah, blah. Like, instead of going back, I would love to see them go forward and be like, what if, after the Federation, we envision what a real utopia utopia that doesn't have these problems actually looks like? Uh, yeah, no, I don't I'm think so- we're going to get that. No, I don't think we are but. either. But because like, there's so much interesting stuff about you know the world of Star Trek and how they like don't have money or anything. Um, I I don't know because there's that new animated series that's just come out called Lower Decks, which I haven't watched any of, but is sort of like about the people who are in Star Trek or, or who are in like um, uh, Starfleet who are just like the peons who like work below, which I like as a concept. But also, I'd love to see. Um, stories from the world of Star Trek that are not necessarily like Starfleet ones, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not um, something we really get. Also, Robin has just come to the recording, um, the perfect precious angel baby that she is. Yes. Um, she is lying down. Is she going to knock over the microphone? She is not. <laughs> uh, I think we're wow. safe. I think we're good. Nice. Um, I'm trying to find a way to segue back to the Ningen, and I can't do it. So I figured... I think you just did. That's it. Yeah, so I figured I'd just say it and then we'd be there. Yep, you did it. Congrats. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, I did want to make just a couple uh, side comments about watching Star Trek The Voyage Home that I just wanted to share. Uh, One, at the very beginning, Spock is doing this, like, computer test and it has all these, like, questions because he's, like, working on his memory because I think he's lost his memory and stuff. And then the last question is, how do you feel? And then he's like, what? I don't know how to answer that. And it just keeps repeating, how do you feel? How do you feel? Which is very similar to the experience I have had with the meditation app that I downloaded at the beginning of lockdown, like the mental health app, Mm -hmm. because every couple times a day, it just gives me a notification that goes, how are you feeling? Um, And I'm like, I don't know, app. The same. So that was just very relatable content. Um, At the beginning, there's a Vulcan woman with like a curly hair mullet, and it's great. Um, That sounds good. Yep. There's also a bit where the power is flailing at Starfleet Command, and then it just cuts to a scene of somebody with like a rag just wiping off one of the screens. Um, And I liked that. Uh, You know, (laughs) this will fix it. Um, 
Also, I think this cat is bumping my microphone a lot, but we'll deal with it in post. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Uh, there's a a scene where Kirk and um, Spock are on a bus, and there is um, a like a punk guy playing punk music on the bus, and he won't turn it off. And then Spock makes him pass out. Um, and everyone cheers. That's hush. <laughs> yeah, but I was just looking at like the IMDb page, and I looked at the guy who played Punk on Bus, and he later played Punk on Street in Spider-Man Homecoming, <laughs> which is like a just several... like really living the punk lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, but like <laughs> that's dedication but, over ac- decades across it. But then I was like, you know what? For him to to play that kind of role, I feel like that kind of extra. I mean, I'm not in the biz. I don't know. I feel like they probably just like cast someone with that look where they're like, quick, we need a punk in that scene. Who do we like have on the books who can be a punk extra? So you have to like be living the punk life IRL in order to get to be random punk in the in a movie. You know what I mean? It could be that. It could also be that every time, like, when the casting director is, like, needs someone who, who, maybe there's just one <laughs> just casting just director one in Hollywood. In Hollywood. <laughs> no, well, one casting director in Hollywood who loves yeah. that Star Trek film. And every time they see yeah. a script calling for a punk dude, they're like, ah, you know what punk performance I really love is <laughs> in the 1980s classic. Well, Star I was wondering, because he, he hasn't acted that much, this guy, really. He's only been in, like, nine roles, but most of what he does, he's just directed a lot of, like, Muppet stuff. <gasps> and so I was like, I don't know, I just wonder if he, like, knows somebody, and then they were like, hey, we need, like, an old punk guy. Come come revive your role as punk on this place. <laughs> Honestly, that's such a great career, is to just, like, have cameos <laughs> as punks and work on the Muppets. That's, like, the dream. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah. And then also, at the end of this film, there's an extended sequence where the, the whales who have been brought to the 23rd century and the aliens speak to each other in whale language, but there's, like, no translation of it. So it's just, like, cut to spaceship, whale noises, cut to ocean, whale noises for, like, I that, don't know, like a minute and a half, two minutes. That's um, incredible. <laughs> I love that. Really, honestly, top-tier filmmaking. I don't know if I want to watch another Star Trek film. I feel like it's not going to be better than this one. Yeah, and I feel like, <laughs> I, I don't know, my my extended science fiction rant earlier probably got this across, but, like, more of that in films, please. I want to yeah. watch whales talk at each other for, like, minutes at a time. Yeah. It feeds me. Also, just imagine this, but with, like, with the Ningen, right? So, two versions. One Ningen are aliens and they're here to talk to the whales. Great. Mm-hmm. Or um, aliens just want to talk to the Ningen. And yeah, I feel like that second one is is the vibe I'm leaning towards. Yeah, but I would like when this happens because obviously it's going too soon. That I would like the aliens to somehow like hack every single frequency simultaneously, the way that always happens when aliens invade in the movies. Um, but for mm-hmm. us to like get to listen to the aliens and the Ningen like converse in their their language, and like it will be completely unintelligible to us but i think it would be like a nice way to break up the monotony of the day yeah uh you know actually just like one, on one zoom film concept and it just cuts out 
just noises, alien noises, and then it just cuts back in. I love that. <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. So mostly, so I don't have to be on. Mostly, so I don't have to be on Zoom anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like one one concept I'm now really feeling, I've I've been inspired with based on what you said, is a remake of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, mm-hmm. but instead of trying to talk to the aliens. And we're trying to talk to the Ningen, who are like whales. And the only way we can do it is we have to find like an ambient musician mm-hmm. who just has like a huge array of modular analog synthesizers. Mm. And it's just like plugging them in and playing ambient whale noises. Yes. I love that picture. Like anyway, a whale DJ. Yeah. By, yeah, a whale <laughs> DJ. Exactly. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If if that shows up in a film, I'm gonna sue because this is this is my <laughs> copyright cryptid song. When we get to make our movie, somebody let us make a movie. We'd make a really good one. We'd make we many would. good movies. I've got ideas. We for days. we deserve all of the money. <laughs> yeah, we we truly will never run out. No. Um, do you have anything else from your notes you want to talk about? I feel like we've been we've been here for a while. I feel like, and we've got some some audience questions. We do. I'm ready to go into audience questions. I don't have anything else specific, I think. Yeah, uh, I think I've covered all of the big ones and all my major tangents, which is, you know, my... Uh, yeah, likewise. What I want to talk about all the time is That's just... just how we live tangents. our lives. So we put on Twitter. Uh, I didn't put on Facebook this time. You're welcome to follow us on Twitter. It's at CryptidZone. And we post the day that we are going to record asking for questions. And if you get one in, by the time we get to this point in recording, then we'll do our best to answer it. So, yeah. So... First question we have from Salsaverse, which is, does the Ningen prefer vanilla or chocolate ice cream? I feel like, hmm. So, my first thought on this was, which would the Ningen have easier access to? And the answer is neither, mm. basically, right? Because, yeah. like, it's in the ocean, has a lot of access to ice, but it doesn't have access to, like, cocoa beans or vanilla, really. Mm-hmm. Um... So that doesn't really help us. I feel like the Ningen to me is a creature of simple tastes. And so I would go for vanilla, I think. Like more of a classic feel. I mean, I think also vanilla. Also, when you were talking about the the access to ice, I was really taken by the image of the Ninkin with like a slushy. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, So It's like chipping some off a berg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like their go-to dessert is a slushy, but when they're feeling like a treat, they might go out of their way to get some vanilla ice cream, you know? Yep. Yep. I do know. And I agree. <laughs> um, next question Question from Jesse. Mm-hmm. Do you think a Ningen is a humanoid whale or a baleen human? And what size do you think slash hope it is? Ooh, okay. Uh, I think... Ooh, I think humanoid whale. You know, I think that it's its own thing that sort of happens to like human. And I would love for it to be like just a really huge friend. You know, just like a really big, big friend, Mas- yep. maximum friend. Yeah, I, I half agree. I think I like the idea of Ningen as like a more of a baleen human myself. Like a mm, okay, like like. I like the idea of, like, evolved from not human to human. Mm-hmm. Like, to be more humanoid. Um, yeah, but that's, I think, that's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I think, yeah, we agree. <laughs> yeah. 
like it, we just don't agree on the terminology, right? But I think we do okay. agree. I um, mean, when has and it, I agree that is completely unprecedented here on CryptoZone. I know, right? Um, <laughs> and I agree as big as possible. The bigger the better. Can't can't yeah. be too big. <laughs> yeah. So many friend. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, we've got a message from uh, Remy who says they're just funky mermaids. And then on a serious note, who would win in a fight? A giant squid, a killer whale, or a ningen? Love a funky mermaid. Do we think a ningen's a fighter? You know? Or is he is he a lover? I think a ningen is definitely a lover. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think the ningen would try and... and I mean, this this is this is the question, right? Is what do we mean by win here? Because I think that Ningen would be really good at de-escalating. Yeah, I agree. So in that sense, if we count de-escalation as a win, which I think I do, then I think the Ningen would win. Because like, if the giant squid or the killer whale is like coming at the Ningen with a knife, mm-hmm. or like many knives for the squid, the Ningen is able to like be like, "Whoa, what's up with you? Like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. This is I'm not loving this energy from you." And we'll be able to like de-escalate that situation in a way that I think would be beneficial for everyone. Yeah, I'm also sort of picturing. I've been, you know, sort of uh, reading some stuff online about de-escalation and things. And one of the things they talk about is like when you're in a crowd of sort of like being aware of the energy of people, so you can like sort of put stuff to rest before it even gets to somebody wanting to be violent. And I feel like like if you've got like a a crowd of all of the cool ass giant creatures of the ocean coming together for a dope party. I feel like Ningen would sort of like sense that the giant squid and killer whale were like prepping for a fight and then would be like, hey, hey, man, you want to go for a dance with the whale DJ? You know, so before it even got to somebody like wanting to fight would would be there to calm things right the way down. Yeah. Yeah. So but but again, that makes Ningen the winner. Yep. Ningen is the real winner here. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. OK, next question. Uh, do you think they're good at or like holding hands? What should mm-hmm. I get them for their birthday? That comes in from BPMD or Emmy Wino on Twitter. So, I mean, there's a lot of question about whether or not they have hands. They mm-hmm. saw a thing that said that they had, like, hands with five fingers. Um, so I think if they have hands, they'd definitely be good at it. I agree. Yeah. I feel like even if it's fins or tentacles, there's probably, a, like, good opportunities for an embrace there. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. they're definitely into it, like, as long as you're friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's somebody who'd like um, appreciate, you know, physical touch as like a love language. Mm-hmm. I think you're right about that. Yeah. And um, then what should they get them for their birthday? I, I get the feeling that Ningen would be one of those uh, sort of people that's like not really about material items, but would really like, you know, more like an experience thing, whether that's... That's interesting because I, I, I think my, my answer would just be like a nice hat. I mean, maybe a nice hat, but I think not something like huge, but also like take them out for a nice day. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But also, I think the Ningen would look would look cute in a hat. When I say experience, I don't necessarily mean like a huge thing, but like, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, just like a little day out. Yeah. So, but I think the hat as well, just something thoughtful. Yeah. You know, but not necessarily. It doesn't have to be huge. So I think you know to answer your question, BPMD is think about your relationship with the Ningen and what you know, you think would the Ningen would really appreciate in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got one last question from um, Ila Alexi, and, uh, which is, concern, 
Why are they called Ningen when the word already exists to refer to humans? Did we evolve from them? Are they what human future humans will be like? We were they previously like us, and through the years and evolution, turn into what are they now? I have many questions. Hmm. I feel like there's now, there's a lot going on there. Like we've we've I feel like we've partially covered yeah some of this already. Yes. Like my personal feeling is they evolved from whales or seals mm-hmm. or like sea creatures into something that is like human adjacent. Um, so they're not like our past or our future. They're like an alternate branch. Um, yes. I don't know. That's my, that's my, that's how I feel about it. I mean, this does sort of like raise a thing about what if they are actually the future of humans and somehow they came back in time and got stuck. Also a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, I, but I, I think that, that that's probably an outlier, but I don't know. I just felt like I needed to throw it into the ring as a, uh, as a possibility. Yeah, I like it. It's like a, a, a last-minute curveball. Yeah. And that's all of our questions. That's all of them. Thank you for sending them in. Yeah. Um, you can do that at, on Twitter. Uh, we have a Twitter account at CryptidZone mm-hmm. that you can follow. We usually uh, put out a, a call for um, questions like the day before or a few hours before, depending on how organized we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, let us know your questions. Also, just like send us recipes Send us pictures of your pets. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us just like compliments. Compliments are a big one. Yeah, that we require <laughs> all the time yeah. to survive. Yes, that's true. Um, so that as well. Yeah. Where else can people find the show? You can also find us on Instagram at CryptoZone or also on Facebook. We don't post there very much, but you know, if you want to message us there, you can. We'll get it. You can also contact us uh, via email at uh, CryptoZone at gmail dot com mm-hmm. if that's a, a thing that you want to do. Um, I don't think I check that, but maybe you do. I check it every so often. Yeah, I've got it on my okay. phone. Okay, Lois checks that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then also you can come and hang out with us on Discord if you want. Yes, there is a server that exists now. I'm going to post a, a an invite link probably when this episode comes out. So if you're listening to this, then you can go to our Twitter and follow that. Or just like DM the show on Twitter or contact us on any of the... Um, any of the things we just listed, asking for an invite if you want one. It's very chill and quiet, and you know everyone's stuck inside, so like it's a good place to hang out with cool folks, i.e. us. Yeah. So yeah. So come and hang out with us on Discord. It's a good time. Uh, We're there talking yeah. about uh, what can people. <laughs> yeah, we we talk about a lot of things. There was a lot of Star Wars discourse there. Yep. Uh, the other day, um, and yeah, who knows what the topic is going to be uh, tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Not me. <laughs> Um, where can people find you, Lois, on the internet? Yeah, so you can find me on uh, Twitter at SuppetsLois, which is S-U-P-I-T-S-L-O-I-S. Um, you can find me on Instagram with that same thing, but with an underscore after it. Uh, yeah. And where can people find you? Uh, I'm at KnifeWitch on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's like the one I tend to use these days. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, you can also you can find, uh, find our editor on Twitter, uh, the, the beautiful, lovely incredible irreplaceable ben um at low cinnabar which is uh l-o-w underscore c-i-n-n-a-b-a-r nice i realized last episode we forgot to do that for ben and i felt bad because uh it is complete within ben's power to make us sound just like fart noises for the whole hour if they wanted to so that's true oh if they did that i w- i'd fire them <laughs> i'm not afraid to say it <laughs> 
I'm no fear. But we don't want a fire, Ben. Like, did you, did you listen to the jingle that they made out of us last episode? It was great. I did. It was incredible. Uh, and I'm really sad that we don't have a Monster Quest this time, so we can't... Hopefully next can't time. ...slip it in there. Next um, time we will. Yeah, I, and I hope, I, speaking of which, when you join us next time, fair listeners, you'll be listening to us talk about the Beast of Bray Road. So, you know, come back and hang out with us next episode. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. Um, but now for the final question, the most important. Would you date the Ningen? I... I think I definitely would. Yeah, I think so too. Ningen is very chill, uh-huh. like kind of mysterious, yeah, but also seems like quite approachable. Yeah, and I feel um, like uh, like really like um, like emotionally intelligent. You know, it'd be like a very yeah, 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 yeah. like healthy relationship. I agree. Yeah, uh, I get nothing but good vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I think I would. We make it work. And who also doesn't want to hang out in the ocean? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, 100% would date. Yeah. No no reservations here. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Which, I guess that's it from us. Thanks for, like, coming on this journey with us today. I feel like it's been a particular roller coaster. It really know? has. Yeah. There's been a lot of a lot of <laughs> things talked about here. <laughs> it really was a, a, a grab bag. But it's been fun. Thanks for mm-hmm. hanging out. Uh, we'll yeah. see you again uh, next month to talk about... The whatever it was, Lois just said. Yep. Beast of Bray Road. Um, you know, we hope you have a really lovely rest of your day. Yeah, and rest of your week. And, yeah. Uh, stay, stay safe out there. Yeah. Uh, we love you. Yeah, we do. We love you. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.